The Texarkana Gazette is hiring. We're looking for an enterprising reporter to cover courts and legal affairs, including high-profile criminal trials and civil lawsuits. With two cities, two counties, two states, and federal courts, Texarkana is the perfect place for a legal reporter to thrive. If you or someone you know would like to join our busy Digital First newsroom, contact editor James Bright at jbright at texarkanagazette.com or 870-330-7550. That's J-B-R-I-G-H-T at texarkanagazette.com or 870-330-7550. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm Carl Richter. Between high gas prices, global supply chain problems, and a new headline about electric vehicles practically every day, many people are thinking about what they drive. It's the perfect time to check in with Bill Oney, who writes the Gazette's weekly test drive car review column. Bill and I talked about the current car market, the future of EVs, how to cut your fuel bill, the new vehicles he loves, and a lot more. I learned a lot. Here's a little car talk with Bill Oney. Hey, Bill. Welcome to the studio. It's been a long time. It has, Carl. Thanks for coming out on a really hot day. It is. According to the uh, the pretty Sylvie, uh, Chevy Silverado I drove over here, it's 105 degrees out there. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's lots to talk about in the automotive uh-huh. world these days. I wanted to start by just sort of... Get in the lay of the land. Say okay. I wanted to buy a car today, yeah, used or new. What would I find when I started looking around in terms of what's available and what, what prices are like these days? Well, my best advice to you would be don't. Right. <laughs> uh, the uh, COVID and supply uh, uh, supply side issues have, have really just been almost devastating mm-hmm. for the car industry. It Three years ago, they were producing uh, 16 million vehicles a year, looking at going to 17, 18 million. And then the latest projections I've seen is now we're down to maybe 12 million. Oh, wow. That's significant. Uh, and that's, that's just domestic. That's uh, United States production. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's caused by the, the lack of parts. I mean, uh, uh, automobiles are assembled at factories, but the parts come from all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. the wiring harness might come from Ukraine or Vietnam. Uh, the radio might come from Thailand. And so there's all these getting these things made. You know, somebody shuts down a factory half yeah. the world away, and now you don't have, uh, you don't have chips. You don't have, you don't have uh, critical components. Uh, and so it's really, it's really cut them back, and, and, yeah. and it's affected everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Ford has problems. Toyota has problems. General Motors has problems. Uh, Kia and Hyundai are, are cutting back. It's, it's so, you know, supply and, uh, supply and demand still rules, and there are just – there's too many dollars chasing too few automobiles. Right. And that affects used car prices too. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. We had, mm-hmm. you know, we had a spare RAV4 around the house that we sold because uh 
In fact, we sold it back to Robbins Toyota, who gave us nearly what we paid for it three years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, so I said, "Well, we don't really need that one." <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and we've got we've we've got a, a Highlander and a, and a Camry that you know we, we may let them have one of those too pretty soon. It, so you know, what would you do? Well, um, you you really want durability, and yeah. uh, there are a few things I think specific to the Texarkana market. The good news is, is that nobody wants uh, electrics. Uh, now, when I say electrics, there's three types of electrics. Right. Uh, there's the, the BEV, which is a basic electric vehicle, and those, those are just now starting to come into the mainstream of production. And simultaneously, uh, the charging networks are getting built out. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you know, there's a lot of attention is paid to the $5 billion that was put in the transportation bill, Building out, building out that network. But I was reading a, a thing, a study by Kinsey uh, this week that more than $200 billion is being spent by eight different startups, plus a consortium of power companies, then plus the individual manufacturers who are building it. So charging stations are coming. There's and a big chunk of federal money involved too, right? Well, the, 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 no, no, but the private money is 40 times greater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, so... Uh, so those are going to come, but they're not really that plentiful out here and, mm-hmm. and where we are. The other two types of electri- uh, uh, electrified vehicles are the hybrids. Toyota brought out the first one 23 years ago. And the wow, plug-in. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, wow. yeah. In fact, the, 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 the top uh, Consumer Reports put out there uh, the list of 20 most uh, reliable cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number one was the Toyota Prius. Yeah. Uh, number three was the uh, uh, Toyota Prius plug-in hybrid. So you can get a hybrid, which is has an electric motor and a battery, and it has a gas engine. Mm-hmm. And so you're never going to run out of, you know, you, you can right. go as far as that gas engine will take you. And then you have the plug-in hybrids, and they have a little bit larger battery, and they'll get you about anywhere from 20 to 40 miles. Just uh, on the electric. Just on the electric yeah. alone. You know, for us, that's all that we'll ever use. In fact, yeah. so when my wife and I do buy, because we're going to buy one fairly soon, It'll probably be a plug-in hybrid mm-hmm. because we would go a year without buying gas. Yeah. We almost never do we do 40 miles in a day. Right. So, you know, so those are, and those are becoming more plentiful. In fact, Ford put out uh, a Ford Escape plug-in hybrid seven or eight years ago. Mm, okay. And Ford and Ford, uh, so Ford has a lot of experience with it. Uh, General Motors has some. Uh, uh, and, of course, Toyota's kind of. Kind of been the master of that world, mm-hmm. but then Hyundai and uh, IKEA are building them. Yeah, so there's a lot out there, and so the good news that I have for you is that in Texarkana, there is still little desire for electrified vehicles, and so that means that you can get a good deal on one. Yeah, I I just wanted a hoop to do, uh, you know, something I could take camping. Right, you know, or something I could throw my lawnmower in and, and take it down to get serviced or whatever, or just, you know, pick up, you know, go by the the the. Uh, you know, go make a run at Sam's or something. Mm-hmm. And, and I bought a 13-year-old uh, Toyota Highlander hybrid mm-hmm. that had uh, 130,000 miles on it. And I kept driving past, uh, or had it, and I kept driving past Orr. And, you know, and, and I saw it one month, and I went by, you know, a month later, and it was still there. Yeah. And I went by a month later, and it was still there. So I finally went by, and I looked it up, and, and the, the Kelly Blue Book on it was like uh, $12,000. Right. But they were willing to sell it to me for nine. Huh. And they sold it to me for six. Wow. Uh, because there's just so, you know, we, we tend to be, you know, a red area, <laughs> not a blue area. So yeah. we don't embrace change rapidly around here. And so those vehicles are out there. 
And uh, now, now you said that was a plug-in hybrid, right? No, it wasn't no, a that, plug-in. That, that was just a regular hybrid. Just okay. a regular hybrid. And it's so, you know, it's got, you know, it's 14 years old. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it still has the original battery and motor in it and all that. And it's still getting 28, 29 miles per gallon. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's three rows. So you can put seven people in it. You can haul 3,500 pounds with it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's sort of like, you know, like a small, you know, like a medium-sized pickup truck. Right. But, you know, and, and really, every six months, whether it needs it or not, I take it and buy some gas for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and I noticed last time I got gas that gas had gone up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, really. But so, you know, we just kind of we just stay away from that kind of problem. And, yeah. and so you can you can you can sharply reduce your fuel consumption. And at least for the time being, uh, those vehicles in the used market uh, are are not selling well here. And that, okay. I mean, that's just locally here. They're actually in very high demand. Uh, uh, elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, Ford has a, uh, um, has a new compact hybrid pickup, the Maverick out mm-hmm. and uh, they can, they're, they're 34,000 orders behind. They can't build these fast oh, enough. Really? And the best market in the country for it is Houston. Hmm. So it, it's the, the, the interest in electric, electrified vehicles. Houston has, traffic, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, because, you know, and, you know, come on, how many people, how many guys do we know that have a pickup truck that don't need it at all? Right. You know, and basically, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the largest determinant of fuel economy is aerodynamics. Mm. You know, that's, that's the biggest variable in the equation. And basically, you're driving down the road with the barn door. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. I mean, I mean you know, they just push a lot of air. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of people have discovered that they can could, they could buy a whole lot less gas. So, you know, so 40 miles per gallon sounds a whole lot better than 15 miles per gallon. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, right now, there are still, when you find some around here, uh, and there are some, uh, you'll, you, can get those, you can get those below market. Yeah, Any, anything else, you're going to pay a lot. Yeah, I, I've seen some advertising claiming that electric vehicles are normal now. I don't quite see it, but do you see that on the horizon where maybe in the near future there will be at least as many electric vehicles as gas-powered vehicles on the road? I I read there was a column in the Washington Post this week that said, you know, journalists love to make predictions about the future, <laughs> and, and they, sh- they should stop doing that. Yeah, so and should I everyone. Think <laughs> that's a piece of advice that I'm really going to try to keep. Yeah. However, uh, I can just absolutely promise you that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It, you have to – you know – there's so much hyperbole about mm-hmm. electrics out there, and part of it is the resistance to change. Mm-hmm. But electric vehicles are to internal combustion vehicles what uh, what the Model T was to the horse and buggy. Right. There, there's a huge sea change coming, and right. it has it doesn't have anything to do with politics. It doesn't have anything to do with global warming. Yeah. It has to do with the business case. Yeah. It costs less money to build an electric vehicle. There is more profit in it. Mm-hmm. And and so that, that's something that doesn't get discussed a lot. We talk no. about the, the the effects of using electric vehicles, but not the front end. Yeah, yeah. The you know the standard number is that uh, uh, an average pickup truck returns a profit margin to the manufacturer of about ten thousand mm. dollars. For the electrics, that's going to double, and we're not even yet at economies of scale. Right. I mean, uh, factories are being built all over the country. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I had to go see my sister in North Carolina this summer, and I passed three new battery factories on the way, just wow. just on just on uh, uh, I twenty and I thirty. Yeah. So I mean, the, it's the huge amounts of capital are being invested, and and it's because you either make the chif- shift or you die. So again, I, I was looking at a Kinsey uh, report graph, and um, 
I mean, it's like uh, it, it, it's two bell curves going in different directions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, internal combustion engines are, are, are going to drop off very rapidly. Then there are some segments where they will always be there, like heavy-duty pickups. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, production of electric vehicles is going to increase rapidly. And, again, it doesn't have anything, anything to do with politics or anything. It's There's more profit in it. Yeah. And it's it's also you know more efficient. And one rule of economics is the war goes to the efficient. Um, not only are uh, electric vehicles, uh, not only do they consume net much less electricity to build, you know, uh, much less energy to build and then to operate, but then the operating windows are much different. Uh, it's you know I've talked to a couple of Nissan engineers recently, and they had they had torn down a Nissan Leaf. You know, all the way down to the nuts and bolts. And they said there was nowhere in that engine because huh. an electric motor. When you know, you've seen it. You, have you heard of this thing called a ceiling fan? Yeah, right. Okay, your ceiling fan runs forever because nothing is touching. Right. It's just magnetic field to magnetic field. So there's there's almost no friction in there. There's only to begin with, and you know, an internal combustion engine has you know, like what twenty thousand moving parts. Yeah. And an electric motor has you know twenty. Right. And and they just they just run and run and run and batteries continue to to get longer and longer lives. Yeah. Uh, I, I was talked to one of uh, Toyota's marketing execs and I said, well, okay, now, you know, uh, you you now you have to uh, put a ten year warranty on the batteries on these things. Was that expensive? He said, no, it didn't cost us a penny. We've never had a, a catastrophic battery battery failure. Oh, wow. They, you know, they're they're getting more and more life out of them, and then you know the 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 engineering. Uh, keeps moving forward by leaps and bounds. The chemistry that they use, the 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 shapes of the cells, they're getting more and more life out of them. So when you buy, you know, now when you buy a new car, if you get five years out of it, you're happy. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know, it, really the standard ought to be uh, a quarter million miles. Uh, if they can't give you 250,000 miles of reliable service, I think that it's behind the curve. But with electrics, we're talking about a million miles. Yeah. We're talking about 20 years. Wow. So, you know, what's the driving experience like? I think that's what people are most curious about. That's what they don't know. I have driven. In fact, I just drove the Ford Lightning pickup recently, and uh, I've got one coming out at the end of July. We'll go for a driving one. Okay. Okay. Uh, But I've driven some of the others. I've driven the Kia EV6, uh, the new Polestar. Polestar is a company formed by Volvo and its its Chinese parent, Geely Automotive. And... And, and and those make uh, Teslas look so bad. Really? The, the quality is so much higher. The thing of it is, is once you drive an electric vehicle, you're going to want it. Hmm. Because you know, they're, they're just everything about them is they're, ne- they're in the next age technology. Yeah. You know, just like when you get a new computer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I, I remember when, you know, getting a RAM, uh, getting one meg of RAM was a big thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, and now we get, well, so the same thing is happening now. And now when I sit in one of these cars, everything is digital. There's no there's no analog gauges. There's, you know, there's very few analog buttons because everything, so everything is laid out. It's very easy to use. Of course, they're very quiet. Right. Um, except not the Ford Lightning. <laughs> Huh. Well, the Ford, uh, the motor is, you know, right. up to 35 miles an hour, you hear nothing. But F- Ford kept is still is still using the same aluminum body on their electric pickup that they do on their regular pickup. It looks, in fact, I drove one through the, the streets of, of, of uh, Fort Worth and nobody even looked at it. 
Hmm. I mean, unless you know to look for it, go, oh, wait, those headlights are different, and there's not a grill there. Right, right. There's a there's an artifice where a grill used to be, but it's closed off because we don't need to let air. <laughs> Other than that, it looks like a regular pickup. So when that thing gets to about 35 miles an hour, suddenly there's a bunch of wind noise. Mm, right. Uh, but but up till that point, oh, my gosh. You know, I kept hearing this thwap, thwap, thwap sound, and then I realized that that was my head hitting the back of the seat. Because <laughs> the torque, torque is the force that drive, that causes acceleration. Right. Horsepower just lets you know how fast you can go. The torque in it is just amazing. Electric motors are all torque. Yeah. So it is, you know, it, it gets zero to 60 in four seconds. Wow. I mean, that, you know, I've driven Corvettes that wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and torque is also the power you need for towing. So they're, they're extremely capable. And that, that technology has advanced to where they're yeah. at least competitive with them. Yeah, and if you sit and you look at it, it's looked like you're looking at two, uh, two iPads. Mm-hmm. One in the middle for all your invitation, uh, invert, uh, uh, you know, uh, entertainment stuff and your mm-hmm. heating and cooling, and then one right in front of you that's got all your gauges and all the calculations, and it does a war- marvelous job. It continually updates how far you can go, yeah. and and if you know if you've plugged in a destination that's greater than than it, what it thinks your range is, uh, it'll it'll say, oh, here's another charging station, and it'll route you to a different re- charging station. So. Wow. And it's ex- you know I've watched people do tests on it you know and actually go and drive it down to its last ounce of energy, and their computers are just dead on the mark. I mean, wow, that's Ford great. really Ford really got their technology right on this. So let's talk about gas prices. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you see happening there? What what can people do to maybe cut down on their usage? Well, buy a smaller vehicle. Yeah, uh, you know the, the 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 truth is is there there's a lot of SUVs out there that have four seats that people don't need and pickups that have a bed that never gets anything put in it. Right. You know, and um, we buy them because they're big. And when we were little kids, the big kid on the playground was the most powerful. <laughs> right. And we think that applies to automobiles, but it does not. Right. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the the the. The safety cage of a pickup truck is much less efficient at protecting you than, say, a Honda Accord. Hmm, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're better off to be in a wreck in a Honda Accord than you're in a pickup truck. But people feel, you know, oh, I'm up and I'm big and I can see everything, and they, right. and they, it's a visceral feeling, but it isn't actually factual. Hmm. So one is you might, you know, you might want to disabuse yourself that thinking you really need that truck. You don't. You want it. Yeah. And 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 when you bought it, there was a sticker on the window that told you what its fuel economy was, and by God, it was right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And so, if it, you know, it, it, when gas is cheap, and America has always had the cheapest gas in the world, and it still does. Mm. Uh, but when gas was under two dollars a gallon, fine. Fifteen miles a gallon is fine. But now when it's Four right. and five dollars a gallon, and by the way, it's dropped like thirty-five cents a gallon this week. Yeah, we ran a little story on how it's going down. Yeah, and uh, but I, I think in the long run, gas will become very cheap because uh, the world is moving away from uh, using carbon-based fuel for transportation, and of that, that, all the things that are causing climate change, transportation is the biggest single segment of it. Right. So uh, it, it there's going to be less and less demand for for fossil fuels. So eventually it'll become really cheap. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and, we just got to wait it out until then, I guess. Well, yeah, and you have to understand that you know uh, we like to think that we're uh, that we're an island, mm-hmm. the, the United States is, but we're not. And 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 perhaps no industry is as globalized as the automotive industry. Computers are too. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, 
in, in mainland China, the only existential threat to that autocratic government is, uh, uh, is air quality. Mm. You know, right. the, you know, the Chinese, you know, the Chinese government understands if it doesn't clean the air, then and somebody else might, yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, they, they might fire them. You yeah. know, uh, that, that's really the only major threat to that government. So, and that's the world's largest automotive market right now. Mm. And so they're driving the change away from internal combustion, but Europe is also. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so it, it's, you know, manufacturers exist in all the markets. So it, that's really driving that change. Right. And, and like I said, that then there's the business model. There's more money to be made in electrics. But the good news is there are so much better cars. Yeah. <laughs> and they, well, it's, you know, not only is the technology so good, but just the design of it. You know, it's, it's a you know, handling and, and ride, uh, and those are two different things, are a product of the fundamental engineering of it and of center of gravity. Well, in electric vehicle, they call them the sled. Uh, most of them now, uh, like uh, the Ford Lightning and a lot of others, will have an uh, electric motor in front, electric motor in back. So you've got all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. uh, and the computers are deciding which wheel gets wh- how much uh, uh, torque when. And then in the middle is the heaviest part of the whole thing, which is the battery pack. Right, right. So the, the, the center of gravity is low. I, I drove a, a, a hybrid Camry up through, um, oh, gosh, what's that mountain trail up in Arkansas? I'll think of it. Um, runs through Mena. runs from Mena over to central Oklahoma. I'll think of it. Anyway, yeah. I drove I drove this uh, 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 hybrid Camry up there, and it was like driving a go kart. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't I think of Camrys yeah. being a sports car, but there's the fastest thing I'd ever driven up there. Yeah, you know, because it had immediate torque. There's no there's no delay when you hit the throttle. Yeah, and and so I mean, you know, and and I did some <clears throat> racing uh, when I was younger, <laughs> some of it legally, uh, and but I really it's one of the best handling cars I've ever been in. So they're you know they're an absolute joy to drive. Yeah. So it's it, a lot of what we're hearing right now is just the resistance to change. Right. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you about, there's rumors that the big manufacturing side on the Arkansas side that Reddy has uh, put together, the local economic development mm-hmm. group, we keep hearing rumors that a car manufacturer might open a plant there. Do you think there's any chance of that? I mean, yeah, I've always thought that Texarkana would be a great site. For it, yeah. and um, uh, and I was, I mean, way back when was Fort when uh, Toyota decided to build their uh, truck manufacturing plant uh, in Texas. I mm-hmm. was a little disappointed that local leaders didn't go after that. Yeah, because I mean, this is the population center of North America. Right. You know, we're equidistant to Mexico, Mexico City, and Chicago, and, and Memphis, and and so this is a great place. You know, the yeah. rule in the, in the auto industry is build them where uh, build them where you sell them. Mm. It costs too much to ship. Yeah. So someplace here where there's ready access to water, like in Shreveport, uh, and, and to rail, like here, mm-hmm. uh, and to interstate highways like here, would, would actually be ideal. And I've often wondered, yeah. uh, you, know, why, you know, why we haven't gone after that more. I also think that um, I think there's going to be uh, centralized. I think, I think we're not there on battery technology. We don't yet know what this is going to look like. Right. We still may be in the Stanley Steamer age. I think what will happen, especially with trucks, will be swap out battery packs. Mm. Pull in, pull one out, pull a new one in. And then if you think about, well, what's going what's gonna to power, what's going to charge those up? Natural gas is a really nice, 
you know, highly efficient uh, uh, generator. Right, right. And I thought, you know, you know, we've got a surfeit of natural gas here. So I've often wondered that too, that you know, if this wouldn't be a great place for something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but yeah, I don't, I haven't heard anything specific, about yeah. it, but now that, I, that you told me, I'll get my ear to the ground. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I think that this well, would be very attractive. This is what they're looking for, is it, especially with the development of uh, A&M mm-hmm. uh, in, as an engineering school, uh, and especially with electrical engineering, because it's about electrical engineering now more yeah, than mechanical. Yeah. Uh, so you've got you've got access to to the talent base. You have access to a good workforce. Uh, you have access to water, to rail, to highways, uh, and and I'm certainly a, a, I know you know uh, knowing the mayor on the Arkansas side, uh, <laughs> you've got a motivated uh, a motivated political structure. Yeah, I would think they would have a good shot at it. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. And, yeah. Uh, we'll be the first to know when we. Get that scoop. <laughs> well, like I said, I'll start. You know, they're, they're you know, uh, uh, all the car companies are, are uh, publicly traded, so they're very careful with mm-hmm. what uh, you know. They're very guarded in their words, but usually they'll couch an answer in a way that I can deal with it. Right. So <laughs> I'll start asking around, see if anybody's looking at it. Cool. So, have you always been a car guy? What was what was the first nah. car you ever drove? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, well, the first car I bought was a uh, uh, little Fiat Spider, a two-seated sports car. I bought that right when I got out of the Army. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had a Dodge Dart, uh, which was uh, old Mopar people recognize that because it had the slant six in it. Oh, it was wow. a little 225-horsepower uh, car that would just run forever. Yeah, ran, yeah. ran taxi cabs for years. Uh, so yeah, and and was easy to work on. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I, you know, that's where I started, you know, as a high school kid, you know, and I, you know. Kept breaking things, uh, <laughs> for, but that's where I learned to fix things. I learned how to go to the junkyard, get the part, put a new one on. Uh, so you know, yeah. But then you know, I, I've, I've always been a sports car guy. I, you know, I like yeah. I, I, I I like things that can really handle themselves through through challenging turns. And, and we've got some great roads around here for that. Yeah, you've got the chance to drive some muscle cars on a track and yeah. so forth, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah, it's yeah. Recently, it was at uh, at Texas Motor Speedway, uh, driving the new Shelby Mustang, uh, oh, and yeah. you know they've it's got an internal road course too. So we did part on the road course and then part out on the big lap. Yeah, um, and uh, you know I, I'd seen that track on uh, you know on TV shows like mm-hmm. for NASCAR races, and it looked like it was really big. But you know, at, at 160 miles an hour, you, you get around that thing pretty quick. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm here again. <laughs> Amazing those guys don't get dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it really is, is a matter of processing things very fast. Yeah. Cause you know, they, they get, you know, they'll let us drive them, but they get upset when we wreck them. Yeah, so, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you don't tend not to get invited back if you do that. So. so I think a lot of people are curious about how being a car reviewer works. Like you're driving a different car. Pretty much every week, every right? Week, yeah, yeah. It, you know, really about probably about sixty times a year. You know, last week I had two of them. Uh, it uh, and no, I wasn't always a car reviewer. I was, yeah. uh, you know, I, w- I was twenty some years into journalism before that that right, portfolio right. landed on my desk, uh, and I have not given it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give up with that one. Well, it's there are agencies. There's companies that uh, that distribute vehicles in the press fleet. You know, those guys, men and women all over the country who, who drive these things. And so, uh, you know, like right now I'm dealing with a company that uh, out of Dallas who uh, has got General Motors, they have Kia, 
They've got a, they've got a couple others, and so what they'll do is they'll call up and say, "Hey, you know, we want to. I'm going to quit hitting this. I'm <laughs> I've, okay. I've been bumping into this microphone." Um, and and they'll just call up and say, "Hey, you know, we'd like to send you vehicles for the next couple months." Yeah, and then they'll they'll say, "Okay, here's the schedule." And, and we'll just bring them to them. And then, you know, once they get done, there's another company that, you know, that has Toyota and Honda and Mazda. Uh, and, and, and so then they'll do some. Ford still, it still does their own. They have their own in-house people do it. So then, you know, then I'll do Ford for three or four weeks. Yeah. So it's. And, and they don't stop sending them if you write something they don't like. No, they don't. They, yeah. cause they, that, 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 you know, you're dealing with pretty high level of public relations execs at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, they really do believe that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. That, it, you know, if there's a picture of their car in the, in the local newspaper, that that's a good thing. You know, they, yeah. it, it, that's called, that's earned coverage. Uh, and, and, uh, the value to them is, uh, my relationship with our readers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that my readers, you know, my readers trust me to tell them the truth. You know, that's why, that's why they come back every week. Right. Right. So, uh, no, they don't, it, uh, you know, local dealers sometimes don't appreciate that, <laughs> but, uh, you also have to understand that the people who select these vehicles to put in the press fleet are pretty slick. So they always, they, they don't send out the bad ones. Right. You know, yeah. they, they send out, they, 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 you know, if, if the price range on a vehicle is twenty five to 45000 I'm going to get one at forty four five. Right. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they're going to they're gonna put all the goodies in there. Uh, so, and, and, but, you know, there, there's not many bad cars anymore. Yeah. I was about to ask you if um, there's any that you particularly hated or loved <laughs> lately, but it sounds like they didn't, don't send you any that you would, that are real lemons. No, again, you know, Chris, uh, um, like any good journalist, I follow what I'm doing carefully. So, you know, I, you know, I have a subscription to Consumer Reports and, and uh, Motor Trend and Car and Driver and everything. And, again, Consumer Reports put out their list of the 20 worst cars that they ever covered. And 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 I kept reading through it going, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they're none of them recent. Like, you know, like the Pontiac Aztec. You know, we all agreed that, uh, you know, that, that was the only. I remember that one. That's the only time I ever used the phrase but ugly in a <laughs> printed piece. Uh, and then the first Kia Rio, uh, you know, that's that's the only car I ever compared to going down the road in a beer can. <laughs> but that was, you know, that was the Kia Rio 20 years ago. Yeah. But, uh because there's no real circuit secrets in the car business. If you build right. a good car, your competitor's going to buy it, and they're going to tear it apart and reverse engineer it. Right. But uh, especially uh, the technology has changed really dramatically just the last 10 years. And what the manufacturers are doing now is they're using uh, universal platforms. So they'll they'll because it takes a lot of money. It, it used to cost about $5 billion to bring a new vehicle to market. Wow. It, but now what they do is they build one platform and they make it they then they can just uh change the dimensions of it so uh you know the same platform that's a Honda Accord is also a Honda Ridgeline is also the Honda Odyssey the van mm-hmm. and and in doing that they 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 brought forth you know the the best and and brightest in the you know the latest in metallurgy uh there's you know there's a lot of combination of aluminum and steel alloys so you get you get platforms that are very strong but very light. Mm-hmm. So the car rides well, it handles well, and it's very safe. And and everybody now is on a universal platform. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it so really they're 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 foundationally good. Right. Yeah. You know, now the other thing though is that that worries me, and what we don't know 
in the automotive media is uh, we don't really know about reliability. They know. The manufacturers, you know, stress yeah. test things out to a quarter million miles. They know. They know what's going to break before it breaks. Yeah. But we don't have access to that. Uh, and one thing, one of the trends that, that really worries me is uh, in order to get a little bit better fuel economy, they've shrunk the size of the engines. Uh, and they're putting turbochargers on them. So that, you know, cause basically the engine is just a big, uh, air compressor. Right. Is what right. It, it just pushes through a lot of air. And so they're using these turbochargers uh, and they're jamming more and more air through them. Well, of course that stresses a lot of things, you know, uh, uh, cylinder walls, rings, and, and there's more and more cases of where that oil is starting to go through the rings. Uh, then it gets into the exhaust manifold and, or, you know, it's either getting on the plugs or it's getting the exhaust manifold. It gets in the exhaust manifold. It's going to get in the catalytic converter. Uh, and, uh, and there's, uh, you know, there's a, a chain key, reaction. <laughs> yeah. There, well, yeah, it's like a, a, a dying patient, you know, where right, things right. just cascade on them. And, you know, for example, Kia and Hyundai have, have you know, have, had had record-breaking multi-billion-dollar settlements for cars that just spontaneously catch on fire. Oh, wow! Because that, yeah, because that 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 oil is getting into places where it, need, it doesn't need to go. But mm-hmm. you know, Ford has had problems with it. Uh, GM has had problems with it with their new two-point-seven-liter four-cylinder truck engine. Yeah. So uh, that worries me. Yeah, uh, you know, and 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 we don't know about that. I can't tell you about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, like when I drive a Fiat, I can say, okay, this is going to break because, you know, a new car shouldn't rattle like that. <laughs> right. But, but a lot of those we don't know. So, yeah. you know, so there may be bad cars out there and it'll be, you know, About three recalls. Before you know. <laughs> well, or four or five years yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we really know, you know, if, if how they're going to hold up. But what's the favorite thing you've driven lately? Oh, I hate that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your favorite child. You know, right? Yeah. My favorite child is like, I said, I'm a sports car guy. Yeah. So my, my favorite child is the humble, uh, Mazda Miata, a um, little two seater, you know, handles like a go-kart. You can reach up and throw the top back with just one motion. Yeah. You really just push the button to toss it, you know, and you're, you're, and you, you know, and, and we live in the South. It's a one, you know, yeah. it's wonderful to drive through the countryside at night with the top down because yeah. you can smell the countryside. You can, you know, you can smell the plants, you can smell it, you know? Uh, so I, I tend to like that. Yeah. But, you know, and then as much as I like sports cars, I recently drove the uh, Lexus LC 500, which is their halo car. It's you like know, a they, they almost, sedan. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, uh, it's a coupe, which is a fancy way of saying it has uh, uh, two doors and four seats. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it, it, you know, very, very powerful engine. You know, it's kind of, kind of got the Detroit muscle vibe going for it. And I just hated the thing. Well, because it was, it is strange. I mean, mean, they're going to take my, they're going to take my baby boomer card because, you know, yeah, we grew up on muscle cars, but I was like, this car was just slapping me around. And I'm like, uh, no, uh, it's it's hard to say that for about a $103,000 car, but I was like, wow, you know, well, the radio was great Yeah, (laughs) and it did, it handled really well, but it was just too rough. So yeah, yeah, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we could talk a lot, but we're about out of time. Okay. Let's end on safety. What 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 do you, what are one or two things people could do to drive more safely? I think well, that's a great place to end. Well, Sam, the, the primary thing uh, driving uh, my wife and I towards buying a new car is uh, uh, contemporary safety technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that in the, the third decade of the 20th century, a car should be able to keep itself in its lane. Mm-hmm. It should be able to keep itself a safe distance from uh, vehicles ahead of it. 
Uh, it should tell me when there's something in the blind spot. Mm-hmm. And, and there, are, uh, there are a number of cars that do that and do it well. Uh, American manufacturers will sell you that technology, but they're going to upcharge for it. Yeah. So you can get it on a Silverado, but you can't get it on the base Silverado. You got to move up two levels, and you got to buy this package. And now we're spending ten thousand dollars more. But Honda will charge you maybe about twelve hundred dollars for it, which is what it really costs. Yeah. Or Toyota just rolls it into the price of the vehicle. And uh, like it was, having driven a lot of cars like that, we feel naked when we don't have that protection. Uh, yeah. Lane keep uh, uh, assistance. Uh, looks at the side markers of the highway. It uses cameras or, uh, or, or LIDAR. <laughs> uh, and, and if you start to veer out of your lane, it'll gently pull you back into it. So that avoids uh, head-on collisions, and it avoids rollover collisions. Mm-hmm. Like I, there, there, was, there was a rollover on 59 South over in Liberty Isla where a uh, land yeah. woman was killed this week. Yeah. And it was the typical rollover where you go off the road and you yank it hard to bring it back on the road. And when you do that with like an SUV or pickup, uh, what happens is the, the weight shifts to one side as you go off. When you pull it back, those springs will just, it's like a jack in the box. It'll just flip it on you. Yeah. And rollovers are actually more lethal than head ons. Yeah. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah. So that lane keep a, a assistance uh, will eliminate 30 to 50% of all, all injuries and fatalities. Uh, and the same thing that the nose and tail collision, the forward collision protection, you think about when they when they were doing that bridge uh, over the Red River, and there were all those terrible wrecks out there where people would come along to where traffic was stopped and go plow into the back of an eighteen wheeler. Right. If they had had that that uh, that protection, it really what it is is it, it means you've got a co-driver who's always paying attention. Right. It never messes with the radio. It never gets involved in, a, in an argument. It doesn't get it. It doesn't play with the telephone. It, it can probably see better and farther than you, right? <laughs> it does. It's a fact. I was driving to Austin uh, two falls ago. Uh, I, I remember it was fall because uh, I, I was driving down on a Sunday, and the Cowboys had the late game, so I wanted to find the Philadelphia game on the XM radio. And if you've ever been on XM radio, there literally are 500 stations. Right. So I'm sitting, I'm flipping through all these stations, and then all of a sudden, the dashboard comes flying at me. And I, I mean, really, that's what it looked like to me. Why is all this? And then it dawned on me what had happened was the car, the car had bounced a signal underneath the car in front of me and saw that the car in front of that had hit the brakes, and it hit the brakes. Wow. And I came came to I came to a stop from 70 miles an hour, about a foot short of that other car. I would wow. have, I would have killed them yeah. or me yeah. without that protection, you know, because I was amazing. just sitting looking at the radio. So, you know, we you know we won't buy a car without it. Yeah. Uh, now, some people don't 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 like that technology because they're getting warnings and stuff, like especially lane keep. Like, oh, it keeps beeping at me. The problem's well, not the car, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're going out of your lane a lot. Maybe it's you. Well, I, I yeah. you know I very rarely get out of my lane anymore because these cars have trained me. Uh, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've gotten that feedback enough yeah. that I, I'm pretty good staying in my lane, but so I won't buy one without it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, you really have to do that now. I mean, uh, traffic fatalities are at an all time high, uh, both in raw number and, you know, per 10,000 people. And, uh, I think it has to do with the fact that we've continued to increase speed limits while mm-hmm. we've decreased uh, traffic enforcement because state legislators don't like calls about highway patrol troopers. And so you've got all these people out there. And then, you know, we've got companies like uh, Chrysler, which is now called Stellantis. 
and, and rather than developing new product, they've just put new ECMs in, so they get more and more horsepower out of the same car. They haven't redesigned the chassis or the frame. Yeah, they're not. In, in fact, the most dangerous car on the highway uh, is yeah the Dodge is the uh, the Dodge Challenger mm-hmm. and Dodge Challenger Dodge Charger. Uh, Seventy fatalities uh, per million miles. Uh, the 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 fleet average is less than thirty. Wow! Because these cars go so fast. Yeah, and and I. I'm a pretty good researcher, and, and I kept trying to find any research on there, and there's none. Yeah. But what I did continue to find is was story after story of story of horrendous collision. Somebody at 130 miles an hour hitting a, hitting a van. Yeah. Uh, so don't, you know, don't buy your kid a car with four, 500 horsepower. Right. Uh, and, and get modern safety technology. And maybe slow down a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I have. Patience. <laughs> yeah, to tell you the truth, I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, as a matter of fact, I have. Uh, it's yeah, take it easy, slow down, but, but this modern technology will save you. And now we're at the point where it's in the used cars. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So in any given year, um, any given three year period, fewer than 25% of the population buys new cars. All the rest of us get used cars. Right. And so, and that's, what's going to happen with electrics is eventually there'll be more of those than anything else, but it'll be a very slow transition. It'll be fifteen to twenty year transition, but you can you can get that in new cars, and it, it it'll it'll save your life. Well, thanks for spending a little time with us today. Um, I'm sure you'll join me in asking people to drive safely, have fun, and uh, we'll see you on the road. Yeah, it's slow down; it'll save gas. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Phil. All right. On the line is a Texarkana Gazette podcast recorded in Star Bear Studio, right here in downtown Texarkana, USA. Follow On the Line on Twitter at OTLTXK and on our website, texarkanagazette.com slash podcast. To support the show, post a positive review wherever you get your podcasts. The show is written Produced and edited by yours truly, Carl Richter. And I'd love to hear from you. Email me at krichter at texarcanagazette.com. I'll see you next time on the line.